This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the gathering of the family of God. We thank you for all those watching online. Lord, we want to hear from you today. And Lord, we thank you that as we open our hearts and we open our, uh, our minds to receive from you, the Lord, that you speak. And we thank you that your, your word is, is truth, and we just give you honor and glory today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for this time together. And we give you all praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Starting a new series today called Standing Firm. Say, Standing Firm. The Word of God tells us, and we'll find there's many different references to standing firm uh, or being steadfast in, in the Word of God. And we need to have some understanding about this because it affects our life. And, and actually, it impacts those around us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God... He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So why does he have to tell us to stand firm? Why does the scriptures tell us in so many different places, stand firm? Because there are forces that want to move you. There are, there's opposition, there's voices out there against the Word of God. And the enemy wants to use those voices, and his voice is out there too, his philosophy, the culture of this world, to move you off your faith. To move you to where you walk away from your beliefs, from what God has to say. So we need to stand firm, and this is a military term. It actually means to stand with no retreat. To stand your ground, and the picture of it uh, in, in the Greek is to take a stake and plow it into the ground. I'm plowing my spot here, my faith in God. I'm on stand firm, steadfast, and I'm not moving. I'm not retreating. This stake was hard to stake in the ground. <laughs> I'm staying. Well, in order to do that, you have to know what you believe. You have to be in, I want to say, a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not in a relationship with him, you're going to be moved. And we want to do what God has called us to do. But when we're not moved, that's where life is. That's where blessing is. So we want to be those that stand firm, not letting the, the world impact us and move us away from God. I was thinking about opinions. Boy, there's so many opinions out there. But the truth is, maybe you've heard this before, but opinions are like noses. Everyone has one. And there's usually a couple holes in it. 
Don't shout me down. Okay. Tough crowd, Super Bowl crowd. You got to watch them, I tell you. <laughs> but opinions, think about it. You can get opinions about everything. Just uh, go on the internet and look at some symptom, you know, what doctors have to say. They'll say the opposite. Take this, don't take this. That will kill you. This will heal you. Same thing. <laughs> All these opinions about sports. And it's a harmless thing, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl? People have their opinion. We have opinions about politics. We have opinion about the weather. We have opinions about everything. But what about spiritual things? There's opinions out there about that too. They abound. You know, about heaven, about hell. But the only reliable source that we can go to is the Bible. It's an unchanging truth. So in order to stand firm, you've got to be in the truth. You need to be in the place of truth, and that's the Bible. You've got to be one who is a lifelong student of the Word of God. You've got to be one of those that wants a relationship with the Lord, and you're cultivating and developing that relationship with him. So I wanted to put that out here first because if you're not coming from a place you want a relationship with the Lord, all of this is not going to make that much sense to you or matter to you. So I want to give some practical things that the Bible talks to us about when things aren't going well. When there's persecution, maybe there's trouble, there's problems, there's things coming against you. Well, pastor, I'm a Christian. That means I have no more troubles, no more problems. What? <laughs> what kind of Christian are you? You're a hibernating Christian in a cave somewhere. <laughs> no, the Bible promises, actually, that there would be troubles. There would be problems. So we're, th we're talking about things here, spiritual truths that are a matter of life and death, but also it, it means having a fulfilled life on this earth or unfulfilling life. It matters if you'll have rewards in heaven or you'll not, or if you'll have eternal um, eternity in hell, a place of damnation, or eternity with God. We need to know the Word of God. And we know we're to walk by faith and not by sight. When what you're hearing, what you're seeing is not lining up with the Word of God, that's when you go by the Word of God. You're always looking at the Word of God. And faith comes how? By hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. It's just like I, I liked what Pastor Shauna said last week about those community groups. You know faith could be stirred in you to be in a group. But if you did not activate that faith by taking action, it wasn't faith. Or you could say it was dormant faith. If you're a farmer and you have a seed, you take that seed, you put it on your coffee table, and you say, there's faith. That thing will produce. It'll bring in the harvest. I mean, though, that's dormant faith. 
That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is you take that seed, you plant it in the ground. You take action. Until you take action, it's not really faith. It's not believing. Well, I believe in tithing. Are you tithing? No, but I believe it. No, you don't. Because faith has corresponding action. Well, I believe the Word of God through and through. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, you know, I can understand a woman's right to, you know, to abort or nowadays or to murder after the baby's born. Uh, you know, I can see they have a right to that. That's not what the Word says. How many notice there's more opposition against Christian values and what we believe? It used to be those that supported abortion believed it wasn't a child. Well, that's out the window now. It's, it's gone way beyond that. And we have to be strong and stand firm in what we believe. It doesn't mean that we attack people. The Bible's very clear. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So what's the enemy trying to get us to do? Fight against flesh and blood. And as soon as you do, you've lost. I mean, this thing's over. We've got to connect with people that don't believe and build relationship, build community where we can speak into their life, where we can love on them and they can see that we have a, a, a genuine uh, care for them and love for them, and then you can speak into their life. It's called loving people. Back when I got saved, there were some of those that would just go and they would pound you. You're going to get saved whether you want to or not. And they would just pound you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They were just going to go after you and pound you. I mean, in your face, you're going to get saved. And finally, some people would say, okay, well, what's this little prayer? Dear God, no. Lord, have mercy. Get me out of here. I mean, I receive. Yeah, bye. And see, that's not what we're, we're to make disciples. Devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It says faith comes. Faith comes. What are you hearing? Faith comes. If it doesn't say having heard Faith comes. It says faith comes, and it's a continual sense. You keep hearing. You keep on hearing. You keep on hearing. Faith comes. How? By hearing the word. And the word there is not logos or the written word. It's actually the word rhema. Faith comes when you're hearing that quickening, alive word. It's relationship. I wanted to say that before I got started here. <laughs> or got into this. In, in Psalms 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I wish he had said, few are the afflictions of the righteous. But it says many. 
And you need to know that you are not, because you're a Christian, you're not immune to problems and troubles and issues. Can anybody agree with me? Have you noticed that? And we've got to equip people to know this where they can stand and be strong in the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teachings, teaching and follows it, is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain, though the rain comes in, torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Notice here, Jesus is saying the storms will come to the one who is hearing the word of God and obeying it. The storms came against both houses. Now, how many will be honest, and I'll raise my hand, when something, there's been a storm and something beating against me, I'm wondering, what did I do wrong? Or where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? I'm only going to raise my hand, okay. Has the fault hit you? Where's Jesus? We've got to be stronger than that. We've got to know that problems and troubles will come. Once you get to heaven, you can walk by sight because everything that you see will be the perfect divine will of God. But here, you've got, I used to have a friend and he, he flew, had his own plane, and he took me up a few times and until he let me help land one time. We never went up after that. I told him I didn't want to. And I found out how sensitive that thing was. You tell me, I broke out in the instant sweat. He was right there, and he took it from there. But I could tell, uh, well, I never got invited again. Yeah, I was good with that. That's how bad it was. I was good with that. But he, he showed me this thing he put on his head, and it was to help him get instrument rated and help him not see around. All you could see was the instruments because you couldn't tell where you were. You didn't know what was up, what was down. I mean, it was all this weird. He was telling me all this stuff, and he put it on one time while he was up there, and he said, I'm learning to trust what this says over what I see out there. I was thinking that's really the way a Christian is. Everything out there around you can be going down the tubes, but you have to have your instrument rating to the Word of God. And what is God saying? And trust what it says, no matter what you're going through. Because trouble will come. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit. We have his power. We have promises uh, in the middle of that. So if we know a storm is coming, we need to prepare for it. 
You ever said, well, if I'd known that was going to happen, I would have, you know, done this. You fell in the blank. I had a storm uh, that came against me uh, years ago. I was reminded of it um, actually uh, talking uh, to Rob the other day. And uh, I thought about uh yesterday that I had a storm come against me. I don't know why the storm came, but the storm came. And I was actually at church. We were having a, a Wednesday uh, service. And after the service, I actually uh, sat down, was talking with Donna Howe. was talking with her. And all of a sudden, I'm talking with her, and I felt like I was leaving. only way I could say I felt like I was going to leave my body. Actually, inside, I thought, huh, I'm going to heaven. Cool. Sometimes your thoughts. And thought, well, you know, and I, I told, told Donna, I think I'm, I think I'm leaving. And I, I said, I'll be back. And anyway, the next thing I know, um, there's this guy asking me, what's your name? What year is it? Who's the president? <laughs> they call the ambulance and, and, and all this. And uh, I'll tell you just real quick what I saw during that. I was seeing, the, I was up suspended from the earth, and I saw all these people uh, across the earth, all cultures, rich, poor, just name it. And I, it was like I could see each face. It was so fast that it was just super fast. I'm seeing all these faces, but I'm analyzing each face. And like some were proud, some were uh, humble, some, just every, every way. But they all needed Jesus. Some you never would have thought needed Jesus, but every single one of them needed Jesus. And then that's when I saw harvest, the words harvest go across the earth. But anyway, they're pounding on me and asking me this stuff. I'm going, what in the world? So they put me in the ambulance, and here we go. We're going down the road. They're back there, and the guy hollers, stop, to the driver. Get back here. So he stops, comes by. He said, I have no pulse, no blood pressure. Well, I started laughing. I said, I'm talking to you. I'm not dead. I'm talking to you. And he just, he was so frustrated, and he told the guy, hit it. And so anyway, we... We flew then. I just remember, boom, we were just flying. And we pull into the emergency place, and he goes, there it is. It said, pulse, heartbeat, click, clicked in. Now, why did this storm happen? I don't know. I just know there was a storm. And I could, you know, you can analyze, any people analyze stuff, you can analyze yourself till you're crazy. Forget it. <laughs> Lord, my life is in your hands. And so we've got to be wise even with each other that storms happen. And we're there to support each other. And there were some people that wanted to have a visit, the pastor. And these are, they're not here. They're, these are good people. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this. Uh, against these people because they're good people and their motives were right. But they wanted to have a, a meeting with me and they said, we just want to know 
what sin is in your life. I said, why? I said, I don't know. Well, this happened to you for a reason. And then they said, what door did you open to the devil for this to happen to you? My thought was, when did you come to the church? <laughs> Didn't say it. <laughs> Didn't say it. How many know that when a person's in a storm or coming out of a storm is not the time for your lecture? Any amens around here? And, and don't go to someone who's been in a storm and say, well, if you just had faith. Well, you edifying thing, you. <laughs> Why don't we show a little love to each other? Encourage. Speak the word. Speak blessing. Speak the word over them. But we're all... None of us are exempt from storms and troubles and problems. And we're a family. We're together in this. We encourage and strengthen each other. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. What I'm saying is, we don't always have the answers, but we know who does. And we go to him. Our trust is in him. We depend upon him. Our life is in him. Our breath is, in, is his. So we, we look to him. We go to him. And so there might be some things that confuse you. You know, Paul was confused. He went through some things. You might be experiencing a setback. You might have gotten some bad news. Maybe um, your child, maybe your child got pregnant out of wedlock. Maybe there was some bad news in your marriage and maybe your spouse wants a divorce. Can, those are big storms. Things can happen, but we know who to run to. See, the issues of life happen to every believer and to every unbeliever. The difference is people see the life of God in us, and we stand firm, and we see God. We see his grace minister. We see his healing minister to us. And let me just say this. Since I'm out there meddling, someone you're believing God for dies. I'm not going to blame God for that. But what am I going to do? I'm going to do the very things I'm about to tell you is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise up and do what the Word says and put my trust in Him. And 
they're a believer, I'm rejoicing because they're doing awesome. And I can believe God to heal my heart. So first here it says rejoice, and that means to boast in the Lord. And this, this particular word rejoice here means supernatural joy and happiness which comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural joy. This is a joy that when you, when you rejoice before the Lord, you put your boast in him, a supernatural joy comes out of, out of you from the Holy Spirit. Now, we all have joy in us because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. But you know that you can tap into, even when things are coming against you and there's trials, there's temptations, there's trouble, there's problems, that you can tap in when you rejoice, you can tap in to supernatural joy. And it actually carries with it the word calmness. That you can tap into a supernatural joy that calms your being, that calms your heart. And you can have peace in the midst of the storm. In the middle of the storm, you can rejoice in your God and he will release supernatural joy to you that calms you down. Hallelujah. No wonder he said to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. We're to be a rejoicing people. And see, when you start rejoicing, you start worshiping, praising God, you're in faith. It pleases him. Well, my head is doing all this. No, it's not. We're just not that equipped to be saying one thing, thinking another. No, we're kind of more one track than that. Amen? God's will is for you to rejoice in the midst of the trial, the problem, the trouble. Well, I don't feel like it. Good. We're not talking about feelings. We're talking about faith. Just do it. Well, I feel like a nut. Well, you are a nut. Go ahead and rejoice. Do the will of God. Fulfill the purpose of God. This is his will for you is to rejoice. Rejoice is the outward flow of the joy inside of us. The calmness inside will overflow to the outside. I love that. In Psalm 64, verse 10, let the righteous rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. That's what you're doing. You're taking refuge in the Lord when you rejoice. Let all the upright in heart praise him. It's a privilege and an honor that we have to worship God, to praise, to praise him. That's a reason you can come with heaviness to church and you get in the praise and worship, lightness comes, peace comes. Why? It's because you were rejoicing and that supernatural joy within was released. Next it says, pray without ceasing. Does this mean I'm praying 24-7? No, I don't believe that. Because I'm not going to be praying right now. I'm going to deliver this message. It's talking about keeping your prayers alive. It's talking about believing and not quitting. Having the spirit of prayer all the time in you. Pray without ceasing, not let, letting go of your faith. 
It says, fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy chapter 6. You can look this up. Sometimes it's a, it's a fight. It's a fight to rejoice. It's a fight to, to pray. There's distractions. There's opposition. Well, you, it's a good fight. And that means you can win with the Lord's help. So you just do it. You start rejoicing. How long do I pray? How long do I stand? Until you get it. Until you get it. Well, how long is that? Until you get it. I have an answer that I've learned for, uh, to give Ellen Kay. It took me years to develop this after being wrong so many times. What time will you be home? I give an answer and it's, it's wrong. So my answer now, well, when will you be home? Uh, when I get here. I always hit it too. Yeah, I've gotten good. When you gonna be finished? When I get finished. I mean, it's awesome, guys. Oh, never mind. It's just great. And she's in here, so y'all pray for me. Next verse, verse 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Giving thanks should be a normal part of our life. And I, I tell you, take a missions trip. You go to a third world country. You see just how much we have thankful in the natural in this country to be thankful for. And know the family, we were um, at Phil and Sharon Smither's house, uh, I guess about three years ago. And uh, I remember... Um, Phil's saying, uh, Sharon and I, they were on the missions field, I think, for six months or something. They were back home and said, we were just so overjoyed to be able to turn the knob and have water. Thankful. See, we're to be a thankful people, and we have a lot to be thankful about. How about that you're alive, that you're breathing, that you have a roof over your head, that you have food? What about the spiritual things that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus that he will meet all our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus that he'll never leave us 24-7 that you have a friend that sticketh closer than any brother than anyone this friend will not leave you forever in fact he loves you so much that he sent himself by the spirit to live inside of you you're not getting away from him <laughs> he loves you we have a lot to be thankful for. So we're to live. And once you start being thankful, counting your, your blessings, it also brings peace to you. And it causes you to stand firm. It causes you to be strengthened in your position. And we need to be a thankful, thankful people. We must choose to be thankful, giving thanks to God. When you don't feel like it, and when you do, always giving thanks. Maybe you've had a rough day. Maybe there's been health issues. Maybe you've lost your job. Whatever it is. And maybe you're sitting by some people that have a different worldview. And maybe the, the culture of this world. Or maybe you're one of those, you're, you're praying, Lord, will you just remove all the evil in the world? 
That's not a prayer that God can answer because he'd have to wipe out so much of the population to achieve that. People that he's trying to reach, that he loves. So we have to have heaven's view when we see someone else and understand that God loves them. Notice the word here, it says, give thanks in everything, in it, not for it. There are things that are evil. We're not thanking God for uh, when ISIS was killing so many people. We weren't going around thanking God for that. We don't thank God for darkness. We thank God for good. Every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights. No variableness, no shadow of turning. It's good if it's, it's, it's from him. So we thank him for those. We're not thankful that a child got abused. We're not thankful that someone got murdered. We give God thanks in everything. But not for it. What I'm going through may not be God's will, but in it, it's God's will that I give thanks. In it, I'm to give thanks. Have you ever been in it? <laughs> Have you ever been in something? Well, in it, I'm to give thanks to God. Now, that will mess the devil up. But it'll change your life. Thank him for his, his love, his peace, his victory. Thank him for the, his inheritance he's given us. Thank him for his word, his mercy. His grace. Thank him for being our redeemer. Our rescuer. Thank him that he's available 24-7. That we can come to the very throne room of grace. And receive help in time of need. What a blessing. You know how, what a blessing that is? Just read the Old Testament. We as the children of God. Can go 24-7 anytime we want. To the very throne room of grace. And receive help. In time of need. There's mercy available 24-7. There's grace available 24-7. What a blessing of God that we have. Wow. Mm. There's nothing that has happened or will happen to you that can change your eternal destination. Your ultimate destination is spend eternity with God. And the longer we're in eternity, and the longer we're with Him, the smaller this this life here on earth gets. It just becomes a vapor is what the word says compared to eternity with him. Hallelujah. So what am I saying? In the confusion that comes, maybe with some pain, some suffering, whatever you're going through, give him thanks. Thanking. Praising. Because Jesus is with you in the storm. Jesus is with you in the problem. Jesus is with you in the trial, the problem, the issue, wherever it is. Jesus is there with you. And you can call upon him and you can be strengthened. You can lift up your voice and rejoice. And the supernatural joy overtake you. And the calmness of God and the peace of God, not the peace of man, will come and overwhelm your soul, and your emotions, and your being. The, the health uh, 
people the other day I saw that they, they're saying there's so many lonely people on the earth, so many depressed people on the earth. What an opportunity for the church to reach out and touch lives and touch people and bring them in. Bring them into that community. Thank God for provision in the storm. Thank God for his wisdom, his strength, and a way of escape in the storm. That we can come out of the storm a better person, not a bitter person. That we can be strengthened and not weakened coming out of that storm. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We see here all things work together for those, number one, who love God. If you don't have an interest in, if there's no um, action, and say, I love God, but God looks at believing and faith as action. If there's no action in that love, all things aren't working together for your good. If you don't want to spend any time with Him, all things aren't working together for your good because that's not biblical love, interaction. Just tell your, tell your wife, I don't want to spend any time with you. And see how it goes. See if there's just a, a love connection after that. <laughs> now it's going to be a love disconnection after that. And see, so we go around, all things are working together for my good. So what I do, most people that come to me, they have a problem or this trouble, whatever the issue. What scripture are you hanging on to? What's your faith into? Well, I don't have a scripture. Oh, well, you need to get one. You been reading the Word? No. He been praying? No, I just haven't had time. Well, I can help you here real quick. Get in prayer. Get in the Word. <laughs> Spend some time with God. And then it says, called according to His purpose. I just read you the purpose that you'll be conformed to the image of Jesus. You'll be conformed to His image. If you're not conforming to his image, if there's no, if there's no, if you're living life your own way, from no desire to be in the image of him, all things aren't working together for your good. They're just not. And unbelievers know this verse. I mean, it's just popular verse. But we got to do what the verse says. And the good thing is when you turn... And you set your affection on the Lord, and you want his image in you, you want Jesus to be seen at you, to be conformed in you. He takes those things, all those things you've been through, he does take them for your good. Hallelujah. He'll turn them around. He's that good that he can use them for your good. He's an awesome God. But we can't. We can't play a game, so I, all things are working together for my good. No, depends. Do you love God or are you called according to his purpose? See, the world's looking for Jesus. And God wants people to find Jesus in the church, in your heart, in your life. 
And that's what the world needs. See, if I'm looking for a person, if I'm, if I'm looking for Michael Guyton, there's a good chance if I can find Michael's body, the odds are for me that I'll find Michael. So while I do, I'm, I'm hunting around, I'm looking for Michael's body. I find his body. I come over and I talk to Michael. I'm no longer concentrating on the, his body. Hey, Michael's knee. <laughs> hey, Michael. I'm, I'm talking to Michael. I'm no longer talking to his body. I'm talking to Michael who lives in his body. Stay in your body. The world is looking for Jesus, and where will they find Jesus? Maybe if they see Jesus' body of who we are, of who we are, they'll find Jesus because he lives in us. So see, standing firm is more than just impacting our lives. It's impacting those around us. Because when you stand firm, people see Jesus in you. Let's bow our heads. I know we didn't, didn't finish there. We'll get that next week and we'll finish up. Let's bow our heads. If you have never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, we'll give you an opportunity. This is a prayer surrendering your life to him, accepting his lordship. And I just want you to simply, bow, everyone bow your heads, and you say, that's me. I need Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I'm tired of living my own way. I need his life in me. I want to be that child of God. Don't want looking around. If that's you, just lift your hand. And say, that's me. And we'll pray for you. And we'll believe God to touch you. Your life. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me paid the price for all my sin for every place I've ever missed I receive Jesus into my heart into my life I'll live for you Lord I believe you died and were raised from the dead for me I'm now your child I'll live for you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. In Jesus' name. If every head still bowed, you recognize today that you are not loving God the way you should be loving God or you're not called according to his purpose. You've, you've lost the image of Jesus in your life. That's you. I want you to lift your hand. And we're just going to pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand up.
prayer partners to come down. Now, if you want prayer for anything, we invite you to come down. Shut our eyes for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anyone. There's a couple of you that felt the conviction of the Lord while I was talking about loving God because your interest has been distracted. It's really returning the first love. And I just want you to surrender. You can do it right where you're at. Say, Lord, I surrender. I turn back my first love to you. That you're first in my life and first in my heart. I recognize you've done so much for me. Your forgiveness, your peace, your love. I choose you, Lord. And Lord, I want to be conformed to your image. I've had the wrong image in my life. There was a distraction. There was a turn. And I noticed, even as the word was going forth, that my image has become the image of the world. And that's not to be my image. So I cast down that image. And Lord, I pray that you paint a new picture inside of me. I want to be like Jesus. Now just thank him. Thank him for doing it. Because he heard the cry of your heart. And things are changing now. And will not be the same. Because there's a new image on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord thanks for that. Oh, love that. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You